Welcome to a special episode of the No Formula Podcast. This is a shorter episode where we're going to be discussing how to keep your corporate family together during COVID-19 while everyone is social distancing or in self-isolation. Today we are here with Luis Diaz, Crisis Communication Specialist at Lexington Strategies and Professor of Strategic Communications at McGill University. Thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Glad to be here. So if you don't mind, I just want to dive right in. And I know you have a lot of businesses. So as soon as things started to happen uh, with the pandemic, what was the first thing you did to communicate with your employees? Um, it's, it's a good question. It's a very pertinent question. What we've been doing recently is more... Uh, preparing for this now we, we couldn't prepare for the entirety of this type of crisis because it's unprecedented what we ended up doing was having multiple meetings with the management teams of the companies i'm involved in uh, in order to uh, build out a plan that would ensure that everything still happens everything still is being delivered our clients are being serviced but at the same time providing guidance, leadership, and direction to our staff so that they are aware that we're on top of things, that we're not just off-the-cuff type of rolling it as we, as we go along. Uh, we wanted to make sure that our staff was actually comfortable with the decisions we were doing and they would understand why we were doing the things we were doing. Um, so the first step was to uh, internally uh, set up the structure and the program. Obviously, um, one of the companies that I am involved with is a software company. And so then uh, it was more along the lines of rolling out the infrastructure that would permit everybody to work remotely. And so then it was just explaining to them and giving them daily updates as to this is what's going on. We don't know if this will be the same situation tomorrow as the situation is very fluid. We did not want to lie to anybody. We also didn't want to make any fake promises or false promises. What we ended up doing was telling them, guys, this is what we know. This is what we don't know. And every day we're going to update you guys. Um, and that's what we did. Uh, we, we had an honest dialogue with them. And uh, we actually were able to uh, transition to online um, way before the government asked us. Uh, and so we actually transitioned online on the 12th of March in order to make sure that people had time to go home, you know, purchase whatever they needed to purchase in order to be safe and stay isolated. Wow, that's awesome. But as a, as a crisis management strategist, as a, I'm saying that's so wrong, <laughs> as a crisis communication strategist, in your experience, yeah. Are companies ready to make this kind of change so quickly? Never. <laughs> no, and I'm not kidding. We're talking large companies. We're talking small companies. I'm talking to friends who work in a mom and pop shop, and, and I'm talking to friends that work at companies as uh, as big as you know, um, TVA, Videotron, and you know, mm -hmm. or, uh, travel uh, travel industry and tourism industry. The uh, essential services uh, industry that we know, you know, people in the healthcare industry, for example, nobody was prepared. They usually push this down the line. Uh, usually, things like uh, strategic uh, strategic uh, crisis management for the communications process, uh, unless it's well ingrained to the structure, they usually kick the can down and say, "We'll do it next time. We'll do it later." 
nothing like this can really happen in our lifetime. And lo and behold, now we are living through it. We are having to deal with it. Um, and, and a lot of the issues added is that the structure within the organization doesn't lend itself to remote working a lot of times. So a lot of people uh, do not know what they're doing, and that's the worst part. The worst part is um, the company is not able to communicate to the staff what they need them to do. So everybody feels beyond the isolation. They, they, they have no direction, and a lot of people are saying, well, I need structure. I need to be told what to do now uh, because if not, I feel useless. And nobody's telling me what to do. I ask my bosses. They don't know what to do. And nobody's telling them what we need to do. So it's creating a whole sense of, of, of like, um, of this control, of, of, of the lack of direction, and a lot of people are just lost. So do you think people are going to prioritize crisis management more after this? Uh, for sure. It for sure will happen. Um, we always learn from history that we don't learn, for, learn from history. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, the bigger organizations will tend to create a structure moving forward. I think it will allow them to work. I think that one of the cool things about, you know, if we look at the silver lining of this crisis, um, it will actually show organizations that, yes, remote working is possible. A lot of people, a lot of companies were very, you know, um, hesitant about remote working, about how they can keep people, you know, on task and responsible and whatnot. Very, uh, very hard to do in a static type structure where, you know, they're not an agile business. This is now forcing them to do it. And they'll actually start seeing that, hey, people are working more, people are working probably longer hours, but at their comfort level. So, you know, they can take a, a two hour break noon to two, but then they come back and they work till seven o'clock because the work needs to be done. Um, a lot less traffic, mm-hmm. a lot more, uh, a lot more personal satisfaction, time with the kids, uh, and, and being able to mitigate that. So a lot of, a lot of silver liners are going to start coming out slowly out of this crisis. Mm-hmm. And as as we're actually living through this pandemic and companies are adapting and stuff, what are the top three things that businesses should do to keep their employees united? That, that is a, a very tough question. And the reason is because a lot of companies are, and a lot of owners, entrepreneurs or, or, or business managers are focused on the bottom line, making sure that the company will exist after this pandemic. Mm-hmm. We also cannot forget that without the staff, um, there is no company, you know. So a lot of a lot of a lot of staff also say, "Hey, well, we need to get paid, we need to do this, we need to do that." But they also need to understand that they need to have a company to go to at the end of this crisis. So it's a little bit of um, a dysfunctional family that needs to work things out. A lot of a lot of things that I'm listening to right now is a sense of uh, entitlement of I am, I deserve. Uh, you know, this company probably has millions of dollars in their belt; they should be paying me. Um, and when people are getting laid off, they're taking it personally as they laid me off, not this is a bigger picture type scenario. Uh-huh. Um, so so there's a couple of important things is, is um, they need to create those lines of communication in order to make sure that people understand that nothing that's going on right now is personal, that everything that's going on right now is unprecedented, and they need to work together as a family for one main objective, one main goal. So that's the first thing. Um, no fake promises, more like direction, more like leadership, uh, particularly in this time of need. That's the first thing that I think is, is important because 
business managers will say, well, they should expect it. They should expect uh, things to happen, people to be laid off because of the situation. But a lot of people on the other side, a lot of staff members are thinking, well, I need to you know, pay rent, I need to pay mortgage, I need to pay for my kids, I need to pay for free. So everybody has their own problems and each, each family their own microcosm. Because of that, dialogue is key. That's the first thing. Second thing is uh, creating purpose. I think that uh, creating a sense of purpose, particularly during times of isolation, is very important. Um, having, uh, having a structure in which uh, the company can tell the staff members, listen, we need you to do A, B, C, or D in order to give people a sense of purpose, a sense of, uh, of involvement, and so that they feel like they're needed. Um, that is something that can be tricky depending on the industry the company works in. Um, and the third one that's the most important one I find is um, what I call the sense of family. And in the sense of family is that you're looking out for each other. So it is very true that a lot of people are getting laid off. There's over a million applications to EI last week. Um, but at the same time, I've been talking to people in different markets and different industries, and a lot of people are taking it as a, you know what, the company had no choice. They really needed to do this. I completely understand. They were very forthcoming with me. They said it's not because of my performance. It's not because of whatever it's because of the condition but they let me know that i'm i i needed at the company when this is back uh, like when this is over and um they were able to give me advantages and that's the key depending on the measures of the means of the company mm -hmm. uh for example in our case in our company what we did is we've covered um private insurance for the next uh, two months for our employees. So even though the people that we had to lay off, because we did have to lay off some people, they have their insurances covered for them and their families for the next couple of months. At the same time, for those people that were laid off, we partnered up with an online university in order for them to do unlimited workshops and training. So those that are coding can take and improve their coding skills. For those that are in management and marketing can take agile courses, can take uh, um, Kanban develop, project development courses uh, in order to come back with a stronger set of skills that will allow the company to reduce that, um, you know, that, that leeway between starting the engines and being fully ready to, to, to work like we were before. Mm -hmm. That's really good advice. I like those ideas. And if we, if we see that this lasts more than two weeks, a month, maybe two months, how are businesses supposed to continue keeping employees united? Is that, I feel like we have to, we have to change some of those strategies. I think that the reality is that we need to uh, have a serious conversation about um, how long this is going to take. Um, I, I, I haven't met anybody that believes it was going to be two weeks. Um, I think that a lot of people who are naive are saying two weeks because they just want life to get back to what it was before. But um, even when we get back to normal, it's going to be a new normal. Life's not going to be the same as it was before. Um, and so because of that, uh, we have to sort of approach things with a worst-case scenario in mind. And that worst-case scenario is, uh, for example, at our company, uh, one of the companies that, we're, that I'm involved in, we look at it as this is a minimum of six weeks. And if it happens earlier, even better. But right now, we're planning for six weeks. And that was four weeks ago. Mm, yeah. 
that was four weeks ago. So at the beginning of March, we started planning. We uh, we pulled the trigger on the 12th. Um, that gives us really two weeks of a six-week plan. And only now our country is turning around and saying we're going to create another three weeks of, uh, of, of lockdown. So that's well within five weeks we have planned for six. And I still don't believe that we're going to be back. So it, it, at that point, um, it's a matter of... Uh, having, you know, a, a continued dialogue, making people understand that, you know, it's, it's now a good time for them to take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. And we are there for them. So every couple of days, uh, people in, in our office will log into our internal communication system and, and, and chat with other people and make sure that, um, you know, uh, they're taken care of on a personal level. Hey, are you guys need anything? Do you guys have any questions? You know, have you guys reached out to your family? Stuff like that. Um, the thing that we've explored at is that week four, week five is to have a, uh, a virtual sign cassette. So same thing as with Zoom, we just uh, open it up to everybody so everybody can do a, a little bit of a, an hour of a cocktail to sort of reconnect on a social setting, but seeing everybody in a visual manner in order for them to feel the reconnection. Um, I had my initial doubts when, when, when those ideas started flowing around, but I, I tried it on a personal level, and let me tell you, it was, it was, it was much fun. Um, and I thought, oh, you know, what are you going to do? Talk 20 minutes to everybody. Hey, how's it going? We're caught up. It ended up being a three-hour cocktail with a bunch of friends. So um, these are things that when, you know, um, the going gets tough, uh, these small details actually matter a lot. That's nice to hear. I didn't know you guys did that, but that's very cool. And actually, on a completely different note, I don't know if you've heard, but Wells Fargo, a bank in the United States, is actually um, forcing their employees to come back to work, I think, after the two-week quarantine is over. And I wanted to know your opinion on that and how, as an employee, you would react to that and how another business owner, you would react to that. Uh, well, Wells Fargo, uh, from my knowledge, is based in Atlanta, so it's a pretty big city, and I'm not aware of, of, of many cases. I mean, I'm sure there are, but I'm, I'm aware of the hotspots, which are Washington, California, and New York. Um, it's, it's a catch-22 because people don't want to be home, but at the same time, they don't want to be forced to go back to work. Uh, so it's, 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 it's very, um, it's, it's very complicated when you, uh, are trying to please everybody. I, I usually say this when I'm at McGill. I say, you're not pizza, you can't please everybody. And at some point, you will be the bad person or the, you know, the bad cop. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally feel that if Wells Fargo feels that they have set up the appropriate safety measures, and absolutely, I, this is this isn't something that's new in Europe. They're, they've been doing it as well, where um, British scientists and doctors are trying to develop a a fast uh, COVID nineteen um, uh, tool to uh, test if people have had it, if they were asymptomatic, or if they've already recuperated from it from a very light case of it. Because a lot of people have it, but they don't even know it, or they just feel like a small flu, a little bit of a sniffle. Uh, these people are already immune. These people need to go back out there and work. They are not, uh, they're, they're not contagious anymore, and society needs to go on. We need people uh, to, 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 to keep on working so that society works and society continues to flourish. Um, I mean, uh, way back when, there was this joke going around that um, 
when you were a kid, uh, all your parents would say, you got to go to school or else you're going to be what? Walking shelves at the supermarket? Well, guess what the most stable job right now in the economy is? <laughs> if anything, Loblaws is actually looking to hire a lot of people right now and they can't keep up with the demand. Um, and so because of that, um, we need to make sure that we set the right conditions for those who are already immune to this to go back and help the rest of us until we are able to catch up. Mm-hmm. So just the people who are immune, not people, not just forcing everybody to come back to work. Well, I mean, uh, and, and at that point, that's where the whole strategic, uh, strategic side comes in. Well, you have to create a plan. I mean, ideally speaking, in a company like Wells Fargo, where we're talking in the thousands of staff, not just in the hundreds, you may be able to create a plan where you can start getting the people who have already recuperated or who are immune to it as your first stage. And then the second stage is to be able to uh, bring people who may still be vulnerable, but at the same time are not the um, danger target market, let's call it, of this virus and set up the proper conditions for them to be, um, you know, protected. I know that a lot of other banks uh, set up and, and engage their uh, business continuity plans where they reduce the crowdedness of certain uh, offices, move people to their offices, activated other office spaces that they, they have always on reserve in order for uh, the business to continue. One good example of that was RBC that they came out uh, about two weeks ago with their business continuity plan and they opened these offices that otherwise would be closed but still reserved for them in order to make sure, to ensure that their investments and their trading operations uh, in New York and in Toronto stock exchanges would be able to continue and they would be able to continue serving their clients. So by doing these type of things, uh, you're protecting your, your, your bloodline, which is your, your employees, but at the same time, making sure that business is done. Yeah, all about that plan. Well, before we wrap things up, do you have anything else to add? Uh, well, to be quite honest with you, it's going to be, um, it, it's going to be, it, it is the dawn of an era, um, from things changing to people, uh, really understanding that you can work differently to even when you go out and you go out for a walk in the park and you feel how fresh the air is. It's a whole new era. Um, uh, it, it's a good time to come up with some new ideas that probably would have seemed preposterous in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a good time to include strategy in in in, the, in all these plans and I, I just hope to be able to see everybody at the end of this uh, long dark tunnel yeah me too well thank you so much for joining us today and uh, stay safe absolutely you too stay safe and uh, everybody that's listening uh, be safe wash those hands and uh, and don't hoard <laughs> thanks